This is Writing Excuses, episode 24, Dan Coffs. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. 15 minutes long because you've got a, a frog in your throat, Dan. And I'm a little horse. <laughs> I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have superstar Tracy Hickman with us again. It's true. I am superstar Tracy Who's way Tracy too Hickman. intelligent to be on this podcast. <laughs> um, we're going to run episode 24 as Brandon asks random questions of Tracy Hickman, and the other rest of us chime in with, um, with various illustrious thoughts. Does that sound good to you guys? Excellent. Do my thoughts have to be illustrious as uh, well? Yours will be illustrious. <laughs> oh. I've still got the monkey noises. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Question number one, people are always curious about this. What are your writing habits? What do you do each day when you get up? Do you write in a certain place? All of those sorts of things. Uh, my writing habits are uh, pretty much that when I am on book, meaning when I am in the middle of actually writing a book, it's a chapter a day. Okay. If that's, if that's four glorious hours of words streaming from my fingers into 15 pages of manuscript, then so be it. Um, more often, it represents uh, as many as 12 hours of staring at the screen and bleeding from my forehead. Okay. Uh, uh, it's, but whatever it is, it is a chapter a day. And uh, uh, that, that's, just a, that's just the way that I work. Okay. For, for do you me. listen to music? I do. Okay. And as a matter of fact, I usually uh, create a soundtrack of, uh, on a playlist in iTunes. Okay. Specifically, different, different playlists, in fact, for different things that are going on. Okay. I have like a battle uh, uh -huh. playlist. I have a romance playlist. I actually do the same thing. So Yeah. yeah. It right. works really well. Yeah, it, it, and especially since it's familiar music, it just loops mm. in the background, you know, and I hear the same thing over and over again. It just kind of fades away into the back of my consciousness and buries the rest of the world, much to my wife's uh, consternation. Uh, we have, my wife and I have actually had entire conversations in which I have never participated. <laughs> uh, she will come into the office and she will ask me questions. I will give her answers and have no idea that I've ever even spoken to her. Okay. That sounds familiar. I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you're writing... Uh, the world could, you know, nuclear bomb falls on Salt Lake. You're like, ah. I'll just, yeah, just put it in. Yeah, that's good, that's good material. <laughs> Have I asked you guys this before? Do you listen to music? Dan? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Nope. I use nope. Pandora. Okay, Pandora. The, the well, interesting yeah, thing, too, is it's not yeah. just a question of what music I listen to. It's a question of what I read. Yeah. Because anything that I'm reading while I'm writing mm -hmm. is going to color the work. Yeah. When I was uh, writing The Immortals, um, I, I was reading The Stand. Okay. Because I specifically wanted the immortals to have a, a tincture of Stephen King. Right. And 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 that actually is is uh, was very helpful to me. I have to be careful what I read while I'm writing because it will color what I write. Okay. Um, it you do a lot of role playing modules still in, in game design, don't People you? People think yeah. so. Yes. Think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you separate the game design writing and working on these things from your fiction? It, you know, all of those are different genres mm -hmm. in, in terms of writing. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the difference between film and stage and and and, and novels. All of them are unique and have their own uh, their own qualities in terms of structure and in, in and in terms of requirements for communication. Uh, yeah, film is all external. You have to do everything visually, and it all has to be external. Very rarely do you hear someone's thoughts, and when you do, it's, that's a cliche. Um, if, uh, if it's on, the, on stage, it's all about the talking. It's all about dialogue. Um, if you're in a novel, it's all internal. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're all, you always see the perspective from, from a character inside the book, and so it's all internal dialogue and internal thoughts. 
Uh, Role-playing games are all, are all about setting and story structure, but you have to leave, you have to leave the stage open for the people who are playing the game. Okay. So uh, writing for, writing for role-playing games uh, is an entirely different set of, of structural elements. Yeah. Tracy, huh. question. When you're on book, yeah. do you allow yourself to work on stuff that's off book? Um, sometimes, yeah, I do. Uh, just because it's nice to have a break from what we're doing. And I, I'm just creating stuff all the time. I just can't stop. And, uh, Are you whining about how hard your day job is? <laughs> I think I found somebody who understands my pain. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, everybody thinks that everybody thinks that for those of us who write, that it's an easy thing, and, and it, it's not. It's a job. It's work. And when you know, it's wonderful. I'll tell you right now, it's really wonderful when you get to the end of a book and you've got those, you know. 750, 800 manuscript brick of pages, and you've written the end, and it's such a glorious moment to know that you have achieved this incredible piece of work that's one unified whole, structural, solid, fabulous characters, delivers a tremendous message, and then the next morning, it's page one. Mm-hmm. And you know that there's going to have to be 800 more of these. And it's like looking at the mountain from the bottom. And, and that's hard. Getting, getting into a new book is hard. It is, it is hard work. It is work every day. It's, uh, and it, it's, it's hard keeping up with structure, making sure everything's solid. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not all smoking jackets and collie dogs here. It's... Uh, <laughs> There is yeah, some of that. <laughs> I do get a collie dog eventually. Oh, okay. I, well. I'm actually right at that point right now. I have finished my trilogy. It is done. I have revised it. It's ready to go to the editor. And I'm starting something new, and it freaks me out. Yeah. It yeah. is so hard. Yeah, you look at that first page, that first blank page, and you think, man, there are a lot of pages before I get to the end of this. And, and of course, with the knowledge that once you yeah. get there, it's another first page. Well, and it, there's always the... It, I've done this other thing before. I'm starting mm -hmm. something new. Am I just going to completely flub it? I knew that I got the other one right by the end. Uh, did you have that? You or? know, everybody does. Every yeah. writer has this. Every, every writer is, is either one, either they feel like they've only got one book in them, or they feel like the, they've already written the best thing, and that nothing could ever be yeah. as, as, as gloriously great as that Winnie the Pooh adventure. You know. <laughs> And, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. Tracy yeah, it was. Hickman Winnie the Pooh fanfic was just awesome. Uh, yeah, when Lord Saw showed up, that was just the end of it. Yeah, yeah Lord Saw. <laughs> lightsaber Sauce duel between right. Winnie the and dragon on that, Pooh. That, that, that whole death scene with Pooh too yeah. really brought the house down. <laughs> you know, I think we have a writing prompt, so that's good. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh's death scene, I think, could be a really good one. But you know, I, I, it's it's it, it's true though that writers are, are basically believe that 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 they, that they are never going to be, or they are already has been. Yeah. And the and and the thing we try to convince writers of all the time, I tell writers all the time, and and tr I must remind myself, is that we that that. We have not yet written our best work. That the best is yet to come, and that it could be that next book. It could be. It could be two books away. But it's in our future because every time we write, we improve our craft. Every time we put word to page, we improve our craft. 
And the fact of the matter is that the first books that you write are not going to be good. Mm -hmm. They just aren't. But, yeah. Okay? Sorry. They just aren't. First book I wrote was in fourth grade. I'm going to tell everybody about this tomorrow, but I, the first book I wrote was in fourth grade. I decided that the way you wrote a book is you just kept writing a little bit more every day, and when you had enough pages, you had a book. Yeah. So I wrote this book about a destroyer that went to the South Pacific, was attacked by 50 planes, and sank <laughs> on page two. <laughs> <laughs> I had writer's block in fourth grade. I didn't know what to do with it. The boat sank. The boat was the main character, man. <laughs> I tried to fix it, okay, and we're talking writing on that big chunky paper with the big thick lines and the dotted line in the middle so you didn't go too far with those little letters. I couldn't do it. I've still got this story, by the way. The, the point is that your first stuff is, 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 is not ever going to be as good as the second thing you do, and the second thing is never going to be as good as the third thing you do. You just have to accept the idea that you're going to make rag shoes to begin with, and then the next thing is going to be better. You just have to keep going. Writing. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by I am not a serial killer. Lies. No, it's true. It's true that who this book to you is brought by. Lies. Now I'm starting to sound like a serial killer. This book was written by our good friend, fellow podcaster, Dan Wells. I hear and he's really it's good. A, he's, a, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good writer. I, I looked for Howard is Not a Serial Killer, and I couldn't find it on the website. <laughs> I Am Not a Serial Killer is currently only available in the UK, but you can get it from bookdepository.co.uk, who ships worldwide for free. For free. So it's I, so you can just 6 buy it. 6.29 pounds right now. Six, how much does it cost to send a six-pound package across the Atlantic? I pay five pounds <laughs> to get my... Oh, wait, is that their, that's their money. That's it's their a money. very heavy book. It's actually we, printed on human skin. Can we re-record can we re this ad? Um, what is your publication story? I think you've got a little bit of a different one than a lot of people, but um, people, well, aspiring writers always want to know how would you break in. Of uh, course they do. Aspiring yeah. writers want you to provide them the silver bullet. Yeah that golden key, that one piece of knowledge that they harbor inside themselves, that all successful knowledge, we have a yeah. club, successful knowledge club, uh, or successful writers club, and we all harbor this secret that we don't tell anybody. We don't want you guys to know. Yeah. No. <laughs> because then it's less exactly. Because then it's, it's yeah. out there and everybody's gonna be a successful writer. Mm -hmm. There is no, there's no key. There's no secret. There's no magic bullet. There's, it, everybody has to pay their dues. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Okay? And that's 10 years of rejection letters, that's 10 years of writing articles maybe, that's 10 years of writing for somebody else, that's 10 years of writing for yourself, or it's, all, it's always different. The path to, be, to becoming a writer is always different. Uh, in my case, um, I, was in, uh, I was in Logan, Utah. I was out of work in the late 70s, uh, early 80s. Um, I was on church welfare. Okay? Okay. okay. Uh, I applied for a bus driving job at the university up there and came in second out of 500 applicants. <laughs> they, give you, they don't give you anything for second, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Could not get work. Uh, my wife and I had, had self-published a couple of Dungeons and Dragons adventures, which, as it turns out, may have been questionable in terms of their legality. Nevertheless, <laughs> um, we had heard that they would pay $500 for one of these adventures if they liked it. 
Now, that, this particular winter, I couldn't take my children to church because I couldn't afford shoes for them. And so, in an effort to buy shoes for the kids, I sent the adventures to TSR hoping they would buy them. Um, they offered me a job. Okay. And so I valiantly became the first member in my family in many generations to cross the plains the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Went back east to Wisconsin, took up this job, um, uh, sat down, and, and uh, my, bless his heart, Al Hammock, uh, our editor at the time, sat me down and says, um, you, are, you have great adventures and you have wonderful typing skills, you, but you can't write. Um, and uh, he, he taught me how to write. And paid me. Well, uh, what did what did he have to tell you? What were the things that you had to learn? Um, he pointed out what he did is he handed me back my project and he had me diagram yes every sentence. Wow! And what I soon discovered from this horrible exercise was that every sentence that I started with started with a preposition, and that every sentence was written in passive voice. Okay. Sominex did not do as good a job on people as my text did. You could read my text and be asleep within three or four sentences. Okay. He taught me active voice. He taught me variance and structure. He taught me, he taught me structure within the body of, the, of paragraph. He taught me structure within body of, of chapter. And you were getting paid And I this. was getting paid for this. And, and, and I learned the craft of writing and structure there as I was, as I was uh, putting my adventures together, the okay. first adventures Howard, we did this there. this is when you're supposed to say luxury. <laughs> what a wonderful thing. Uh, Howard's yeah. a web cartoonist. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Howard, but he, yeah. Yeah, he posts it up every day, and we get to revise, and he doesn't. So I, he always, I he don't doesn't. have to revise. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's pretty yeah. much how I got started. I learned the craft of writing at TSR and uh, doing adventure modules there. Met Margaret Weiss there. Uh, we'd, we'd go by Weiss and Hickman because she was the one who was going to be the writer. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be a game designer for my, the rest of my life and retire on the TSR pension fund. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is there no pension fund, there's no TSR. And, uh, uh, and, I became, and that's how I became a writer. Okay. Now but that was yeah. the way in. Everybody has a different way in. If someone right now were wanting to do game design, and write modules and these sort of things. Do you have any advice you could give them? If they want to write for role-playing games, what do they do? I uh, don't. OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I have a whole amount of, I, I can give entire seminars on the process structure and, uh, and structure of game design, and, and particularly in adventure game design. Uh, it is actually a lost art. People today do not understand all of the lessons that we learned back in the 80s about adventure game design, particularly about putting story in game design. And because the nameplates have changed so often uh, over the Dungeons and Dragons name, mm -hmm. that the, the, everything that we learned in terms of the craft is, has been lost. And those of us who learned it, are, you know, we're, now we're old people and, and doing different things. Uh, and there, are, there are fabulous lessons that, that, that we're uh, that have kind of been lost in the interim of, in terms of adventure game design. Now, oddly enough, I'm writing a book right now. I, I don't know where I'm ever going to get this thing published, but it's called XDM, Extreme Dungeon Mastery. <laughs> and, and it's great. You're going to advertise Vault? 
<laughs> we actually include a role-playing game in it. Uh, yeah, it, uh, there's basic and advanced. Uh, we call it XD20. Uh -huh. And uh, XD20 system, the basic system has one statistic. You just get one stat. <laughs> uh, advanced gets three stats because it's advanced. Uh -huh. Yeah, there are no skills. There's no, no complexity whatsoever. Um, there is a leveling system, but only because everybody whines when there isn't one. <laughs> and so we have this leveling system in our game that, that, uh, uh, that you, can, you, can t you can have a level and you get levels, but they have absolutely no effect on the gameplay whatsoever. <laughs> they don't modify your roles. They don't do anything to your statistics. You say, oh, you gained a level. Yeah, okay, you say you gained, you gained a, level. a level. That was good. Wow. And, you can, <laughs> and sometimes you can, say, you can say to the referee of the game, you can say, I am a 130th level plumber. <laughs> and he'll say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, but actually, the thing Roll about this. see if your pants stay up. Stay up. <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing is that we, that the, reason, the reason I mention this is because in this book, I'm going to put everything that I have learned about adventure game design because it doesn't exist anywhere else. It's just not there. I want a copy of that. Yeah, it's yeah, a good book. It's, it's, it is a really cool book. It has a section at the beginning, you know, you know are you worthy to be an XDM? And <laughs> Who's printing this? Nobody. <laughs> I am in my basement, I guess, currently. It, it's, it's, uh, we've run seminars on it, actually, the last couple of Gen Cons. And, and the last Gen Con I went to and ran this seminar, uh, there was a group in the back who said, uh, you promised us the book this year. Where is it? And I, just, I, had, to, I had to buy them off with T-shirts. It was pretty scary, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming and letting us uh, make um, Questions, make questions, ask questions. Ask Howard's questions. searching for something. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay. Dan, you got a writing prompt. What do you got? All right. The writing prompt is Winnie the Pooh is on a destroyer that gets shot down and dies. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Writing Excuses. Thanks for listening. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.